Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest, darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. of September 2013. You know, three days from now, it's the 15th of September, that it's like September is halfway over. Yep. Blows my mind. <laughs> um, it, it's probably because we... Anyway. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Um, it's been an interesting week, Dave. There's a hell of a lot of stuff going on. We have uh, uh, live tweet reports coming from... Search engine strategies in San Francisco that's taking place like right now in the city by the bay. We have um, Google going on record on several things, giving us back a little bit of data. Um, Facebook is up against the FTC. Uh, Verizon is trying to, um, well, threatening to block content from other networks unless they pay for the right to be broadcast across uh, Verizon lines. That's an interesting one. Um, what else do we have? We have so much to go. You know what? We're just going to we're just gonna have to go down the list one by one by one by one, and I want to start with your old friend Verizon. <laughs> okay. What the hell is going on with Verizon, Dave? Here's, here's where uh, Dave gets really pissed off. Um, and it, and it, it takes a lot. Um, well, no, it actually doesn't. It takes surprisingly little. But on this point, you, you and I, and, and for any of our, our regular listeners, although you and I have debated, we've debated in, in person at conferences, we've debated on the radio many times, um, on the issue of, of net neutrality. Um, no secret for our listeners. Um, you support the idea of net neutrality legislation. I do not. Um, now, that is where the, where the problem comes in, because you end up with a jackass like Verizon. Um, and you, you're going to have to pardon my language right through here. That's why they, they do those warning things right at the beginning. Um, you get a jackass like Verizon stepping up and muddying the waters, not just um, for what makes good business sense as, uh, you know, and, and as a whole on the Internet. Um, but essentially what they've done is they've come forward, they've, they've sicked their lawyers, um, oh, and saying basically that it uh, it's illegal um, for the, the government and, and regulatory bodies to forbid them or, or stop them from charging individual websites or individual providers um, more. Um, for and, and, and here's what really pisses me off, for blocking it. So we're not just dealing with an issue of, hey, you can pay more and have preferential access. Um, but we're actually dealing with a case of, of, of essential blackmail, where conceivably you could show up in Google search results for something or Facebook link or wherever, um, and then when the person clicks that link, hey, you didn't cough up the box to Verizon, 
um, and so they they can block your site. That's essentially what they're they've sick their lawyers out to fight for the right to do is is block individual web properties um, that that don't pay them for that service. Is that how you understand it? That's that's what I got. Well, so they want the right to do it. They haven't said that they would do it to anybody. They haven't specified to whom they would do it to. But if somebody else's traffic is moving across their network, and remember, Verizon may be part of or may own or may have interests in, or people who have interests in Verizon may have interests in other content creators and content distributors on the web. But Verizon's saying if you're not one of their preferred content creators they should have the right not that they will but they should have the right to block your signal to their subscribers unless you pay their premium to allow your signal through that as I understand it fundamentally breaks the functioning of the internet for, for Verizon subscribers but beyond Verizon subscribers, it fundamentally breaks the functioning of the internet for all of us. Because I might want to communicate with Verizon subscribers. Well, and there's there's more than one or two of them. right? Well, now, here's as a... <laughs> As somebody who opposes net neutrality legislation, I mean, we, we you know, there's, there's many, many um, cases that have been brought forward and, and arguments brought forward by uh, people who support net neutrality legislation going, you know, basically, see... <laughs> This is, this is what it is. Um, now, what ticks me off the most is you've got people. I, I think some some fairly rational people, um, some fairly normal corporate people who would oppose net neutrality legislation. I, I like to think I'm I'm one of them. Um, and one of the things, I mean, we do have to remember at, at this point, lawyers get sicked on all sorts of crap, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, people sick lawyers on everything. We haven't actually seen this ruling, so we haven't seen at, at its full. Does net is net neutrality required, or as as I've always asserted, and I, my fingers are really crossed right now, um, that the current uh, sort of protections that are in place, more geared on the consumer side, um, will will cover this. But there are really no protections in place on the consumer side, Dave. There's nothing. There's no protections. <laughs> nothing. Well, there are. I mean, we we, we can go that exists. We can go back to when Comcast um, tried to block, and I believe theirs was now I got like eight that are, that are just sort of flurrying around in my head right now, but Comcast and the, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was them, correct me if I'm wrong, um, when they blocked the um, pro abortion uh, text messages, and that was found to be, under the FTC, illegal. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can't do that. So, I mean, you do have these protections in place that are on the consumer side. You can't do this to consumers. But, 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 the but, argument... but, but, but the whole thing is, Dave, Verizon is questioning that exact ruling, that the, 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 the legality of that exact kind of ruling. Well, exactly. And they can do that. What we need, what we need to wait for, it would be my argument, what we need to wait for, see, hey, is, is you know, Basically, is Jim right? Do we need new things? Um, is see that. how does that <laughs> rule that? Right? What if it doesn't? Lawyers, lawyers can, can do. What, what, what? I mean, what if we give Verizon the right to, you know, basically do whatever they want with signal going across? What is, you know, no question, their network. Regard, you know, do whatever they want with with signal going across their network. We give them the right to do that, and then we wait to see what they're going to do with it. 
Uh, that's oh no right. no that's that's not what I said. <laughs> it's if if that I think I, I would be the first to declare if that ruling went to Verizon. I'll be the first thing. I'll say it in advance. If this ruling goes to Verizon, I will switch sides yeah. because that is a, a significant threat to the to the core foundation um, of what the this internet is built does on. Does not go to Verizon. Some other player will come along and try to push and try something and similar. Oh, of, of course they will. Um, but that that the proof. I mean, that's going to happen with anything. You, I'll bet net new, custom net neutrality legislation gets built. Lawyers are going to get sicked on it. That's just it. I mean, you wouldn't call that a, a failing. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. What I want to do, and I'm going to be working quite quite adamantly um, on this one. Starting, it was going to be today, but uh, but but I had something else that had to go uh, go up today. So I'm going to be starting in on Monday. Um, is there is and and. I would assert this too. There is power in people. There just is. Um, and it, what the what the other people? I mean, other people who would be hindered through net neutrality legislation need to understand. And I'm going to try and help them understand this as best I can. Um, <laughs> is that a consumers are going to get pissed off? Like Verizon has to understand that. But then maybe they'll be smart. They won't target mom and pops. They'll just target big people who will, you know, blackmail big people and big people give them money, you know, YouTube or whatever. Uh, but what the the other players involved here have to understand, the other telcos, et cetera, is this sets a very, very bad precedent for people who wouldn't carry it that far, right, who don't want those kind of rights. Now, your entire organization is being painted um, with, you know, you're being given a black eye for something that you wouldn't have done. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's like, um, and we've all let seen me, it. No, go let ahead. Me push that, let me push that thought a little bit further. Not only are you getting a black eye, but some people in your, on your C-level who mightn't have gotten the idea into their heads now have the idea in their heads that they can mess around with other people's data. Oh, and that scares me more than anything else, Dave, because now you have all these C-levels whose job is to find ways to return monies to their shareholders, and goodness gracious, goodness love them for it, because that's how it works. I'm all, I'm, I'm all for value for the shareholders. I'm, I'm, I'm into that. I, I see the value in that. But the, <laughs> how to say this? this? This internet thing is the greatest cash cow for the global economy ever. It is mm -hmm. a phenomenal platform to communicate, to create, to make, to make product, to advertise, and to most of all, find employment on. To get a couple extra dollars, pennies, quarters, whatever you're getting for your shareholders a month, for each of those shareholders, incidentally, not you know, on mass, you're getting them hundreds of millions a month, no doubt. But you got hundreds yeah. of millions of shareholders. Um, you know what? It's not worth it. You're breaking, you're killing, throttling, <laughs> to, so to speak, throttling <laughs> instantly the golden egg, and that's um, <laughs> that's disastrous. <laughs> that's insane. You're taking away your own market. It's true. Um, now, and, and, this month, so and, and well, and that—that's the thing. And I mean, uh, they're going to find. I would actually, you, you ever, and I think we all have been in that scenario where I'm like, here I am at this pivot point. I would love to see 
I would love the world to go this way, but I would love to see the world that happened if it went that way. You know, right? it happens to me every election where I'm like, I've got the guy I'd like to win, but I'd still be curious to see what would have happened going that way. <laughs> um, you know. One of the problems with left wingers and one of the problems with white with hardcore lefties and hardcore righties is both of them rely on the idea that humans will act a specific way. And they won't. Because humans won't. Because humans are random. (laughs) Humans are really random. Um, But they all all do have one thing in mind. Um, Grabbing more resources for themselves. Because that's what we do. Be it for good, be it for ill. It's human nature. And that's the way it works. Give, you know... If your kid, and I'm not saying either of your kids do this because I, I know they don't because they're good kids, but if your kid was one of those kids who like like to take magnifying glasses to ants <laughs> and that disturbed you and you said, hey, don't take a magnifying glass to an ant, the last thing you'd want to do is buy him a flamethrower. And right. that's, what, that's what a ruling in favor of Verizon would be. Yeah, it's it's going to be. I mean, I'm going to be watching this very carefully. Um, I think one thing that's that's also important. I mean, at our level, at your and I's level, um, and and you know, a lot of our all of our listeners, all, clearly, this is, you know, we all have the internet. Um, need to make these decisions and, and start to. Well, I mean, you you've seen my profile picture right now, right? I mean, I'm we need that in a few minutes. Um, we need to make these decisions as consumers and go, okay. You want to fight for that right? I don't want more regulation because that's not what I like in my life. I especially get frightened whenever the government tries to get involved with regulating the technology and, and Internet industry. Um, beyond going, as a consumer, you have these rights. As a business, you have these. You know, you have to kind of tweak them a little bit for the Internet to make sense. But outside of that, as consumers, we need to go, oh, you want to do that? Well, F you. <laughs> Just go uh, control them that way. Can I can I ask you one more question on this topic? Just sure. in, the, in the in the favor of net, of supporting net neutrality, you're a British mm-hmm. Columbian living on Vancouver Island, correct? I am. Do you support Do you support the Canadian government's regulatory moratorium on single hull oil tankers on the inside passage? So do I think we you shouldn't think let these things bugger about in there? That this regulation that says you're not allowed to have a single-hulled oil tanker on the inside passage in British Columbian waters, do you think that's a good regulation? I do. I think that's a fine regulation. But you got no. But you have problems with uh, regulating the inside passages of the internet. <laughs> because these that's, are the same thing. thing. <laughs> well, well, you know what? It's, we're talking about huge, huge economic interests. Having oil tankers go down that coast is important to Canada's economy. It's, it can't happen from where right. I'm sitting, from where you're sitting, but it you know, would be quite beneficial to the economy. Um, like, there's a whole bunch of pros for it and a whole bunch of money for it. And it's a bunch of grassroots people who are against it. And there's right. no one to support them because you can't go to the oil company and say, hey, could you please be cool while you're like doing something insanely dangerous? Because <laughs> they're not going to be cool. They're just going to do something insanely dangerous because it makes them a lot of money. Right. Oh, right. I agree. Oh, I agree. Um, the, the, I mean, these things need to be, there need to be regulations. What I would argue, and, and we'll, you know, I guess we can't go on too long, is these things need to protect, be protected under consumer and business regulations, not under specific things that say this is how you have to charge for a set 
series of services. Um, I don't want the government to turn around and do it to me in the way I do. I don't want them to do it the way you do. Um, That's not how our system is built. No, they don't. They have no care about the small businesses who are using the road. It's not, it's not like they tell you how you have to dress while you're driving your car, but they do tell you how they do say how the roads got to be built and how you should behave on those roads. Maybe mm-hmm. you have to dress while you're driving your car. Um, although okay. you should be dressed while driving your car. Let's 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 be clear. You should be. It's usually good anyway. We got to take a break here. We figure out what we're going to say next. We're going to come back with an with an interesting and. Uh, Dave, you and I really totally agree on this next subject. Um, <laughs> and this is going to be about, it, it, it has a web, it, believe it or not, it ties in to, to the, what we'll be talking about later, web stuff. But it's about genetically modified organisms. <laughs> Stick around, friends. We have, some, uh, we have some messages here on Webmaster Radio, some commercial messages we got to uh, attend to. Dave and I are coming back in about three minutes here on, web, on Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. The Web Marketing Association is now seeking entries for the second annual International Mobile Web Award Competition, recognizing the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world to create and maintain outstanding mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entries is September 30th, 2013. Submit your 2013 Mobile Web Award entry at www.mobile-webaward.org. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Mobile Presence on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Jim Hedger from Digital Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, Dave, I okay before the show, I was uh, sort of hanging out front watching the thunderclouds roll by, and uh, my phone goes off, and um, uh, 
new blog post had been put up on your blog. It was, um, I think it was written by uh, David Mackenzie Kong. Yeah. Um, so I flashed over to it, and what did I see? I saw a whole new header on your website. A uh, image of a piece of of a, of a, uh, a head of a wheat stalk, and a tribute to a man named Norman Borleg. Um, yes. And my first thing was to, you know, be, you know, stupid snarky about it, because, you know, me, right? That's what I'm like. <laughs> um, oh, Dave's come out on the side of GMO. But then I thought about it for a second, and I'm on the side of much of the, much of the idea of genetically modified uh, organisms and genetically modified crops, given that we have 8 billion people on a hungry planet. But, Dave, why did you put this image of, uh, of, of uh, Dr. Norman Borleg up on your site? Um, I mean, he's been a, a sort of superstar on my radar since probably 2006. I think it was the first time I ever that I, that I encountered him. And I'll be honest, like uh, like a lot of people, um, who I mean, most people still don't know who the guy is. Um, I, I was a little I was a little embarrassed that I didn't I didn't know as I as I'm reading about his life um, and and all the things he's accomplished. And I'm like, I know who Brad Pitt is. I know who's winning awards for this or that. I know what the twerk is now, right? <laughs> like, uh, but I don't know uh, what this guy is. He's won literally. Well, I guess I'll say figuratively. It may well be literally. Every major award that you could win, from Nobel Peace Prizes to Congressional Medals of Honor, and I mean basically everything for his work. Nobody knows the guy's name. Uh, he's, he's sort of referred to as the man who saved a billion people. It's probably fairly accurate. Um, what he did was recognized, as as, as you were pointing out here, um, this is back in the the sixties and seventies. Sort of recognized that our population was growing too fast. Our planet couldn't sustain. Um, the food production that was going on, um, we couldn't produce food fast enough, um, and we couldn't produce food in the regions where it was needed most. Um, so basically, yes, the, the first world, you know, I mean, heck, I spent a few years in, in Saskatchewan, right? The only province mentioned on, on Star Trek um, because they grow so much wheat. Um, and I mean, certain park pockets of the world can grow plentiful food enough to support their populations, but vast chunks of the world couldn't. Um, so to address this problem, um, he sort of started in on modifying the, the, the core, modifying the seeds and then modifying the genetics of these plants um, to make them work um, in different environments, make them hardier, make them resistant to the, to the funguses that exist in these worlds, focusing mainly on rice and wheat mm-hmm. um, and, and other core grains, the, the things that you sort of need to either feed yourself or feed the things that are going to feed you. Um, in, in you know, in the cases of, of proteins and stuff, um, has been over to China and back many times when when they were having their their food crises. Um, ended up getting thwarted in Africa because he was. They ended up hitting parts where they were stockpiling food. Um, then the the corporations went in and sort of made them scared um, at his uh, you know about genetically modified ingredients. You know untested etc etc so africa ended up pulling out and and trying to you know basically going no we don't want your want your seeds launching them into the the famines that we remember from the 80s Mm -hmm. um 
And uh, anyways, he ended up, you know, uh, they ended up going with it. And, and unfortunately, you know, you, you look at a, a situation like this, and it, it seems weird because I'm, I'm not, you know, at, at its core, uh, a huge fan of genetically modified foods. I mean, nor are you, most of our listeners are probably, what's Dave talking about? We eat them all the time, but I don't like that I do, but I still want the convenience of just being able to go to my grocery store and buy whatever they happen to have cheapest on the shelf. Um, but in, in this case... Um, we're not dealing with a Monsanto situation. We're dealing with a with a guy who is finding specific problems with the food supply, um, specific issues with the core food supply, um, creating genetically modified seeds that would address this specific problem and 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 sort of eradicate or, or at least restrict the poverty and and famine in these in these areas. Um, and 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 basically, so, and and not setting like a you can't reproduce our seeds, you can't use our seeds. No, so basically going, please plant as many of these bloody things as you can, feed yourselves. So um, what, what and, you're saying, Dave, rather than um, you know restricting the genus of the seed, or even radically changing the genus of the seed, he wasn't like adding um, the genetics of a fly to wheat to no. uh, make it grow faster, or adding like you know um, pumpkin to a salmon to make it grow plumper. But he wasn't doing anything like that. He was crossbreeding. No. He was basically he was crossbreeding, cross as yeah. we've been doing for centuries, except he was doing at a genetic level. It's true. I mean, admittedly, he was taking going, okay, I know that you know this portion of wheat produces very well, and that's the exact problem they're having with rice over here. All right, let's figure out why this works and take this portion from wheat and put it in rice so that the rice will grow in a drier climate or, or whatnot. I mean, at the end, I think a lot of it boils down to just core basics of philosophy, right? I mean, what what is your, you know, if you're directed by a core philosophy, then chances are you're, you're doing pretty well. And you, you end up with, and I have no problem with, with corporations making money. Heck, the entire last segment was just about it. Um, but if you look at a company like Monsanto, or, or what we now would refer to as genetically modified ingredients, um, we look at a, a horrendous, you know, sort of violation of nature. Mm. Um, whereas if you look, I mean, his, his entire, and it's, it's right on his professional Medal of Honor, his, his, his quote is, the first essential component for social justice is adequate food for all mankind. Nothing could be truer. Core, first basic, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. First basic uh, is this, and, and so it's entirely right. And if that's the, the, the philosophy that drives you as a scientist, you're going to do okay. Right? I mean, okay. you, you now, listeners may wonder why have we spent so much time talking about genetically <laughs> modified stuff? I mean, besides the fact that it's really interesting and science is really cool, mm-hmm. uh, science is a, a extraordinarily cool. One of the things that inter- that I another thing I thought I, I know the history of uh, of uh, of Doctor Borlaug. I, I, I'm I'm quite proud of that history. Um, but uh, 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 it got me thinking of the hybrid we're seeing in our marketing world now, where social and search are merging in our practices and how we're taking the best parts and the most important facets of our SEO practices and you know as SEOs working in the in the the, 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 the social space um, using them to mold our and our audience's experience in that space and that I mean the, the whole idea of genetic mo- of genetically modifying um, crops food crops 
reminds me very much of how we're modifying our practices, taking a little bit mm-hmm. from here, a little bit from there, an idea from over here and an idea from over there, and creating what is really a a new sort of practice. And what got me thinking that was the tagline used on the email that sent me to the blog that made me notice the Norman Borlaug tribute in the first place. Where you guys are now a SEO and internet marketing company. Ah, yes. And I thought, that's very interesting. (laughs) Um, The way we speak of our services is, you know, is changing and that comes from the input. And from taking from you know the the, the the way that all these other, well, I guess what were other environments are now part of the meta environment that we work in. Yeah, no, it's it's very true. I mean, you're you're right. That is sort of uh, indicative of of the change. Before um, I went headlong, you know, talked to me a few years ago. It was headlong. No, I'm an SEO. If we need anything else, I will work with the client to find a good fit for them. Like that's. That's it. That's how I'm going to do this because SEO is its own thing and it's big enough. And but um, you're right. You sort of have to start taking pieces and because it's all darn it. It's just too connected now. <laughs> it is very very connected. But then again, that's how it should be. That's how it should be because they all work with each other. You know, um, one of the stories that actually, you know, what's a great segue into this little admission from. Uh, found up on, uh, I guess, uh, found up on Rusty Brick, but I've seen it around in a few other places. At a Google Hangout organized by uh, John Mueller, who's a, uh, he's a guy who, who analyzes uh, webmaster, webmaster tools, or I'm sorry, Webmaster Trends. He works with Google, and um, I'm sorry, yeah, he works with Google, and he had said straight out that if you have a URL on your, on, uh, in, the body cop, in the body text of your uh, website, but you don't have a link on it, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I want to mention Jim. I'm not going to give him a link because, you know, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> that, that Google actually picks up on that. Picks up on that, even though it's not a link. It picks up on that as a URL, and it will go in and it will explore what's at that URL. Doesn't pass page rank value, um, has no no influence on rankings, but it does have a major influence on discovery. That was an interesting piece. So Google's reading URLs in your body copy and treating them as URLs um, if you don't have a link to them. That makes it makes good sense. Like if you look at it that way, because Google. By the definition of a link is going, well, you haven't voted for it because you haven't linked. So, okay, we can't do that. But at the same time, we're a greedy, greedy beast that wants as many <laughs> possible URLs in our index as possible. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't show them a URL without you know, them going, ooh, I, I need that URL. Um, that's, like, that's like wearing a low-cut T-shirt around Google. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to block. They're going to. Exactly. Um, and I don't blame him. I think that's totally the right take for Google to be making there. Um, would be, yep, I get it. I get why they want to have everything in their index. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and the fact is, who just has, who has a page on their site that links to nothing? Like, if I link to you, Jim, and 
um, you know, I was like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm not going to link. I don't like this Jim guy's old take on net neutrality is retarded. Um, you know, and, and I just wanted to like, well, let's say this page wasn't in the index yet because you just threw up a new site. Chances are, <laughs> with or without me, it's going to make it into the index. This might get it there a little faster because they might hit my site before yours on a given day. But, you know, I, I, fortunately, it doesn't amount to much. I get why they're doing it. And I think that's a good approach for them to take. Interesting to get that confirmation, though. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? we got time for the next break. we got time for one more quick Google story. I think this is a, a pretty quick one. So for, well, I, I was about to say for months, but in reality, it's been for years. We've been complaining about Google taking information away from us. It's harder to know this. It's harder to know that. So finally, Google's giving, kind of, giving some more information back. Um, <laughs> this morning in uh, Search Engine Land, Google Webmaster Tools now provides broader and more diverse link data. Now, remember... Remember how it used to show you like sampling of links, like what was the first first hundred or first five hundred? Um, yeah, they'd be in like alphabetical order. So if you had like a major site, you'd see A to C. Yep. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. It's not. It's not necessarily in quote unquote. Where was it? You, you put that lex lex lexographical order. It's not necessarily in lexographical order. <laughs> um, for uh, for 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 um. People um, who um, speak like English, that's alphabetical <laughs> order. Um, just, just uh, you know, if, if you're keeping score at home, uh, lexicographical order is a Google way of saying alphabetical order. Um, <laughs> we can't all have PhDs. <laughs> so, but, but they are giving you a lot more information. They're going to give you more than A to C. They're going to give you a much broader range. Or will they? Are they still giving you only 500? That's what they're saying, is that the, it's not that the number is changing, um, but it's that they're going to distribute them across the full range. Basically, they're, they're going to go, you know, if you had 200,000, they're only going to show you 100,000. They'll just show you every second one now, rather than showing you the first 100,000. To me, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that's a lot better system to work with than the one that they were working with. Let's take a site with a massive number of backlinks or, you know, millions of backlinks or, or whatnot. Um, you know, if I'm from a site related to yoga and I have hundreds of thousands of backlinks and you're only going to show me, say, a hundred thousand of them, I'm going to probably miss all my backlinks from domains starting with Y. Well, if I'm related to yoga, there's a good chance I want to know some of those ones. Right, so um, I, I can see how this works out um, a lot better, a lot better for um, for webmasters just to get a of large scale sites to get a much better um, sort of breakdown of what their backlinks are actually looking like. I, you know what? I've got to agree with you. I'm trying to think of something else to say around that. Um, I think you know I can think of a bunch of questions to ask. How much more information are we actually going to be seeing? Um, honest truth is I haven't had a chance to go in and look at a very large client. Uh, we, I think we found out about this, what, five, ten minutes before going there? Um, yeah. So. It was posted at 9.30 this morning, like, was when we found out about this. Or, <laughs> like the or, first. Yeah, yeah my, or from where I'm sitting, 12.22 p.m., um, when I was busy finding lunch. Uh, oh, right. Thanks, thanks Barry. Thanks, Barry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
the last, we have we have one more thing we got to want to talk about, but we're not going to be able to talk about it until after this break because it's about Facebook privacy changes and the uh, well and the FCC. And it's going to take a while to or the FTC, sorry, and it's going to take a while to get through this one. So before we do, want to remind you people that you're listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We have a couple commercials we got to go through here on uh, before we get back to the show, but stay tuned. We're talking about a Facebook privacy change and why the FTC is going. Ah, you guys, stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. One show at a time. Join your fearless leaders, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. Rock the world with LinkedIn. On demand, anytime, inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, we're back on Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. And before we jump into the FT to the FTC and Facebook dust up, um, I want to uh, I want to let listeners know that Webmaster Radio. Uh, I'm just reminded actually by the commercial for Rock Your World. Rock Your World host Laurie Ruff and Digital Always Media uh, Director of Social Media um, Michelle Stinton Ross are both covering SES San Francisco for Webmaster Radio. They're out there getting tons of interviews. Um, check Webmaster Radio well, in the coming days, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, for uh, you know, interviews that are going to be going up from some of the thought leaders of our industry gathered by 
Michelle and Laurie at SES San Francisco, which um, you know, would I also like to remind listeners is going on now in uh, San, in downtown San Francisco. If you can't be there, um, there's a number of uh, live bloggers and uh, live tweeters. And Michelle Sitson Ross is actually live tweeting a number of sessions. She did four or five of them yesterday, and she's doing two more this afternoon. You can find those over at the Digital Always Media blog. That's digitalalwaysmedia.com slash blog. Um, she's putting in a huge effort. I mean, I, I got to get that in. She's putting in a huge effort. So, like, you know, I want some readers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I apologize for the plug, but again, I want to... Actually, you should also uh, give a... <laughs> hey, Jim, you should yeah. also, uh, you know, help ask her to break a leg. I think her presentation is about to start. Her presentation started. Um, as a matter of fact, Michelle Simpson ross is on stage right now, breaking legs and kicking ass. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have the uh, SES page up in front of me, so I can't tell you the, I can't tell you the, the name of her session. But yeah, Michelle... Uh, Michelle's up with Lisa Bayer, and they're going to they're going to rock their presentation as you know Michelle and Lisa will. Social PR secrets. Social social PR secrets. There you go. Um, and again, as we speak, Michelle will be on stage uh, giving giving her part of the the speech. Um, she started at eleven thirty. I'm nervous, actually. I'm really nervous. Um, it's like Dave. Have you have you ever had one of, one of your one of your people go speak at a conference? Like you no, because it would make you nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, Michelle knows. Uh, Michelle knows this subject as well or better than anybody else I know. But I'm still nervous. It's just, wow, just jittery. It's like you know, the the baby, the the little little birds take flight. It's you know, <laughs> sad. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I love this show. I have so much fun, and we only got we only got fourteen minutes left. And this one, this one's a little bit, this one's a little bit complicated. All right. So, let me ask you: Do you ever use Facebook? Um, I've heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things about Facebook, and I, I don't know if you realize this, but whenever you put something on there and it's attached to your name, Facebook shares it with lots and lots and lots of other people. Did you know that? Really? Really. Yeah, like I people I know? Or, <laughs> oh, people you know, people you don't know, people who've paid the money to get all of the information you've ever put up there. And now, under the new privacy policies that they uh, – let's put our serious voice on for a moment. Um, okay. Now, under the new uh, privacy policies that Facebook announced last week, they are going to um, – well, if I um, – well, they'll use your face and your image – Directly in advertising, just like they said they wouldn't back in 2011. So, if you happen to like something to do with, say, an NFL team that has a connection to maybe Budweiser, and Budweiser has an ad, it might just draw from your like of that NFL team if Budweiser has a connection to that NFL team, and put your, your face and profile in relation to the Budweiser ad. Really? It doesn't matter if you like Budweiser or not, as long as you're a fan of that NFL team or NASCAR or hockey team or whatever. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. It could be anything besides Budweiser. Maybe it's Macy's with their, uh, you know, Macy's, their tie-in with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if if Macy's has a tie-in with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but um, if they did, and I'm a Leaf fan, they might use my, uh, my likeness to advertise their new spring line. Which is 
you know, they should use the Leafs for that because it's not like the Leafs are doing anything else <laughs> in the springtime, right? <laughs> um, I, I can't, and, and I'm sure you feel the same about this, I can't tell you how much that bothers me. <laughs> I'm so pissed uh, off, I can only joke about it, really. Um, like, I don't, and I'm sure you don't either. I understand that I'm handing over my property to them. Like, uh, that I'm uploading this image of me, and I'm saying, hey, this is me. I understand that I'm liking specific things on the web. And, and letting my friends understand that I'm, I'm liking these things. Okay, I, I've got that. So do I, do I have a problem if I've liked, I don't know, the binge eatery? I, I had a good poutine there yesterday. Uh, you know, do I care if other friends in Victoria might see a picture of me with like a eats at the binge? Nope, I liked them on Facebook. I put my picture up there. I've already made this public. So Looks I don't mind. Good, like, beside all those YMCA I just wrote, wild <laughs> things, yeah. <laughs> uh, so on that, I don't have a problem with them doing it. I understand they need to make money. I understand I'm using a free service, and you're taking a picture I have posted publicly, and you are assigning that to a place I have said I like. But for them to take that one step further and associate me with things I may actually object to, um, there I I have a real real problem um, with, with what's going on. Well, and I, mean, that's, I don't mind that my likes, dislikes are used for, um, for, for are aggregated by, by large corporations and used for their, for their marketing purposes. I got no problem with that. I don't even got a problem if the corporations serve me ads specifically based on my likes I, actually, that's kind of good. It yeah. cuts, out a lot of, cuts out a lot of noise. But when you got me endorsing your product, and I don't know I'm endorsing your product, I got a problem. And everybody should have a problem with that. And luckily, there is a governmental organization known as the Federal Trade Commission in the United States that also has a problem with that. And so in 2011... Facebook was hauled on the carpet by the FTC saying, you know, you can't do this. You can't use a person's likeness in advertising for somebody else's brand if that person doesn't give you consent to use their likeness for advertising for that specific brand. And so Facebook was like, well, okay, <laughs> I guess we won't do it. And the FTC is, you know what, to, to, to guarantee you won't do it, you're going to give us a consent order to oversee you. And Facebook was like, geez, really? Okay. And so now the FTC actually has Facebook's consent to slap their wrist around. Um, and so uh, the, just uh, Facebook is under FTC oversight, and they're hauling – the FTC is hauling Facebook on the carpet because of those privacy policies that suggest they might want to share your information in corporate advertising. Yeah. And I, well, that's great. This is a, another case where the system works, right? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I'm actually I'm, I'm pleased about it. And again, i got to tell you, I do have worries when the government steps in and says, do this, do that, do it this way, do it that way. I, got, I, I do got problems with that. But, you know, given the conditions in front of us, not sure what else is wise to, you know, what else is wise to do except have the government act as the um, as a regulator to stop companies from being rapacious and keep them being helpful. 
Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Okay. And, and this is a case where they're doing a great job of protecting consumers, even if it's a free product you're consuming. There you go. And uh, it is, it's worth noting, Facebook's giving you all this stuff for free, which is why I don't mind if they share my data with, like, Unilever. Let Unilever right. know exactly what I want in a toilet paper. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm going to be doing with it, but if you want to make it special, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> you can put that up as a quote of the day, Christine. Just so well, <laughs> as, as you were talking, eh, I just flash over to Facebook and I see uh, Christine Sashinger. Quote, that's like wearing a low-cut shirt around Google. End quote, LOL. Quote of the day. <laughs> It reminds me, people actually listen to this stuff. <laughs> okay, one more thing. Five minutes. Uh, actually, we have seven minutes. And uh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? It's going to be um, Matt Cutts and his advice on what happened if you got whacked by a panda. He's oh, still okay. talking about this. So, if uh, you get hit by Panda, it's probably something to do with having crappy content, but we already knew that, right? Right. Okay. I'm with you so far. What Matt's basically saying is create better content, but the subtext to what he, and we already knew that too, right? <laughs> yeah. Here's the subtext, and here's the hard part. And uh, by the way, the, the video is up at uh, on Matt Cutt's uh, blog. It's up on uh, at, at Google's YouTube um, YouTube channel. So anyone, anyone can go see it. It was put up just the other day. Here's the subtext of what Matt was saying. Your content has to be professional, high-quality, edited, ready for prime time, helpful, useful, but most of all, the arms race is in quality. Not quantity, not links coming into it, not links found within it. Heck, we've already established you don't even need links within it. Google's still going to go follow the crap. But <laughs> quality is where it's at. And if you don't have high quality and you've been, again, whacked about by Panda, you're not getting it back. That's, um, you know, in, in, from where I'm sitting, that's great. Content. <laughs> But I'm, th I'm thinking, Dave, I mean, we've only got a couple minutes. Uh, we, we only have about two or three minutes, and I'm sorry for hogging all this time. But, Dave, what do you think? I mean, what's the this, what's this small webmaster to do? What's the what's little guy to do about this? Well, that's that's kind of where I have a, a bit of a problem with it. I mean, I understand the what he's getting at. Um, but at the end of the day, it's got to be a unique by sector, unique by intent, right? I mean, it, what if you're just some blogger talking about you know, reviewing movies, right? And you're some 17-year-old blogger who goes to a lot of movies. You've got your, you know, a, a slightly different twist on things. You speak at a 17-year-old level. There's many very articulate 17-year-olds. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you've got that you're using that lingo. Is that, does that mean you shouldn't? appear in the search results because you may be using, um, you know, slang or you may be speaking informally because that's what your target market wants. Well, that's um, a tough one, Dave. Um, I, read, I read at a very high level. Would I want to read that kid's information? Would it even be relevant to me? Or maybe he's got an intake. He's got, he's got an insight that, you know, some of the literary snobs I would read just wouldn't have. Right. Well, you know, yeah, you might go to him to get the like, okay, but well, I like this movie. 
Really? He may give Adam Sandler a big thumbs up. Great. If I'm in for a dumb movie, I will read blog post and find out one, right? I mean, you know, or, or whatnot. So I, I think it really is a, as it's a slippery slope if you say everything needs to be a piece of, of um, literary genius. It can't be crap. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think there's, there's a big gray range in there where it is good. It is just specifically written. The thing uh, is, there's X amount of space on the front page of Google yeah. search results. Now, let me, let, me, let me throw you another example, one that's very near and dear to your own heart. Mm-hmm. What if you're like, what if you got like two or three chalets in the uh, skiing mecca of Whistler? Yeah. And you're coming up against like Interwest and their real estate holdings when it comes to renting your chalet out mm-hmm. over the. Uh... Now, Interwest, like, if they got a problem, they throw money at it. <laughs> yeah, and they've got the money to throw. <laughs> got the uh, money to throw. If uh, if you the small small you know you got one or two chalets and you're you know you're making your mortgage if you're lucky. Yeah. What do you, what do you got to throw at the problem? You got to compete with Intrawest. You got to compete with the giant because yeah. there's only so much space at Google. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's very true, and you do hit those problems. Um, and in that case, I mean, there's there's a bunch of creative solutions, but you can go with. Uh, you know, just good volumetric content. I don't mean like volumes of crap. I mean, you need to now make yourself a resource. You need to outproduce because you're actually on the ground, not a generic writer, right? Because you're probably, you only got three chalets, you're probably living in one of them. <laughs> like, yeah. You're on the ground there. Every event that comes up, everything that comes up, you need to be there um, and just going with that touch and you will win in, in volume. And I mean, Good quality content. Don't get me wrong; it, it's important. But you, there will, there has to be something to be said for a good quality and link signals come in, um, and b just having good solid information. And Google will see. Yes, you may not be a, a you have a doctorate of English writing your blog posts, but Google's going to see that when people land on that page, they're there for however x minutes. It'll depend how big the page is, right? What do they do when they're there? And you know, I can only assume Google is going to pull from that. Okay, but when people, real people, land there, they like it. We might not be measuring it, you know, as a as an A plus in in, in a, as a thesis, but you know, people yeah. land there, they read the whole thing, and they like it. We're down to one minute. I just want to throw a couple more points on top of what you're saying. You're right; it is a competition, and if you want to compete with the big boys, you got to get out there and do the legwork and do the finger work. You got to do the typing on the keyboard, and you also got to be at the events. But if you're a smaller business. You, you're a lot more versatile. You can you can do things faster, and um, you know maybe more interesting than the larger corporation could. That you don't have to go through the marketing department and the law department to get something on the web. You just have to think it's a good idea and make sure it's not illegal, um, right. <laughs> and and then market the heck out of it. Um, right. A bunch of more points I would love to make on that vein, except I can't because we're out of time. That was fun. That was fast. That was um, fast. Okay, uh, you know what? Not even time for parting conversation. I'm sorry. I've, I've got to take us out. Um, <laughs> friends, you've been listening to Webcology here on Webmaster Radio FM. We are going to be back next week having a, just as much fun as we did this week. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You can reach Dave at dave at beanstalkseo.com. I can be reached at uh, jim at digitalalwaysmedia.com. Stick around. we got some great stuff coming up after the news on, on webmasterradio.fm.
has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.